Yeah, what could go wrong? Certainly nothing. Welcome back to the FS Jam podcast. With us today is someone that's been on before with some exciting news and an exciting fork of something pretty major. It's Brandon from Blitz. Hello, hello. Hey, you're actually a third time guest at this point because you joined us for episode six and then you're also on the, the round table episode eight. It's really great to have you. You have continued to really work on Blitz just as your your main thing as you've been doing since you first talked to us and seems you're actually going to continue to expand it out into even more of your own thing but we want to really talk about the thought process behind the fork and what you're hoping to get out of it so why don't we just first kind of set the context and let's even describe like what a fork is in the first place because this might be something that People may not know if they're not as technical. I actually learned what fork was from blockchain and crypto. <laughs> like the first kind of fork I ever heard about was when I first heard like the Ethereum fork. And at the time, I didn't really know what that meant. Blitz is built on top of Next.js. And so we have forked Next.js. What a fork uh, means in the context of uh, open source pro- project is there's a main project, has a main repository in GitHub. And on GitHub, you can click a fork button and it will basically copy that repo over to your own, to a separate repo that allows you to make pull requests back to the original repo, or you can just make changes in your fork and just use your fork. And so like if the main repo uh, does things that you don't like for some reason, then you can just fork it, modify it, and then use your modified version in place of that. Yeah, that's pretty much what a fork is. What are some common reasons people would want to fork? Uh, well, a big one that happened like a number of years ago is people forked Node.js. That was the IO fork. I'm not sure why they forked, but I think it was it was sort of like... We actually talked about this with Peter Cooper a little bit. It's it's a, it's kind of complicated. I'd be curious to hear your take on it, actually. No, actually, I don't know that much, so maybe you should fill us in here. Yeah, it's it was catalyzed by a specific event, which was a Russian hacker who was basically mad that like Joint wasn't merging his pull requests fast enough because there was all these like kind of corporate structures that were being built basically around companies like Joint and NPM and the people who just want to like hack on it on open source were kind of like frustrated. And then there are other people who were frustrated that they weren't adopting like V8 improvements and stuff like that. So basically people kind of rallied behind this one guy forking, they call it like a table flipping moment. And then a bunch of people kind of like played a lot of politics around it. And then it ended up with it splitting off into two groups and then eventually merging back into the one group. Well, thanks. That's interesting. (laughs) Thanks for answering my question. It's a lot, a lot of podcasts. The one thing that I have with forks, and it's, I wouldn't say it's a vendetta or anything, but I could never quite tell is if in the GitHub UI, when it says something is forked, if it's like a stamp of glory or a stamp of shame. It's just one thing I just don't know. Because sometimes I see it's like, oh, this one's been forked. I'm like, but is that a good thing? Sometimes, yes. Sometimes, mm, maybe not. Yeah, like sometimes projects get abandoned and then somebody will fork it and then like continue to maintain the fork in place of the original one. Exactly. But at the same time, why don't they just 
copy the code into not a forked repository. Maybe these are like some Git things I don't understand. Well, you can copy the thing, you know, and set up a new GitHub repo where it doesn't show that it's forked, but essentially it's exactly the same. But I, sometimes it's helpful to see like, oh, this has been forked from this other thing. So you can kind of get the context, the history of it. Yeah, there's also going to be the question of, do we want to bring these changes back into the base library at some point? And that's going to be something that we're, we're definitely going to get into. But when we get a little bit into the specific decision making around Next.js and why you guys have decided to maintain your own fork, we'll link to this in the show notes, but you have an RFC that just says time to maintain a fork of Next.js question mark. So what's the, the considerations here? There's one key thing that we needed for Blitz that Next.js doesn't provide. And we needed a way to make our Blitz queries and mutations work. We have special folders in Blitz called queries and mutations. Inside of those, those are automatically converted to API endpoints without you having to do that. So it's a very similar process to how uh, pages folders and API folders work in Blitz and Next, where if a component is in a pages folder, it's automatically turned into a page and wrapped with the routing logic and everything that it needs internally. And so we just needed to take that same process, but for queries and mutations. But we like we didn't want to, we can't add that into Next.js core, right? So what we ended up doing is very clever, but we've reached the limit of it. And we built a custom compiler thing that literally takes your Blitz code base and has this complex node stream processing engine that takes your Blitz code and processes it, changes it, changes internal internals of files, moves some files around, and then compile, spits it out into the .blitz folder as a totally valid Next.js code base. And so if you go into the .blitz folder, you'll see that inside the pages folder and the API folder is all your queries and mutation handlers and so forth. And so that that's worked decently. It's got us to this point. But we've re, we really kind of reached the limit of that and it's sort of like, busting at the seams at this point because number one it moves your files around we have to like in the log processing we have a stream thing that reads all the logs and we have to recorrect the file paths but it only works on the server right now not in a browser so your browser stack trace is goofy and then also you're we're actually running next.js from this other folder not from your project root and so that causes some problems like using nexus and other things that expect something more normal so we decided that we're having too many problems. We need to just fork Next.js and modify the internals so, and so we can get rid of this custom compiler thing. So honestly, it's a little bit gross. And so it's just gonna be a much nicer, more first class thing. And it's gonna solve like most of the problems that we have right now blocking us from 1.0. Yeah, this is so interesting because if our listeners wanna go back, they can listen to episode one which is our second episode. Episode zero is our first episode, but in episode one is called the next requirement of FS Jam. And the whole discussion was between me and Chris and talking about, do we want to build on top of next? Like, do we gain something or do we lose something? You've been a proponent this whole time that by using next, you gain a lot, but you hit a point where you started to see more of a drawback of continuing to go down that road. Well, so we, we still 100% are on board with building on top of Next. That's one of the big reasons people choose Blitz, like over Redwood, for example, is because they want to use Next. And so we're not moving away from Next.js. We're only changing the internal implementation of how we do this. We're going to continue to keep the Next.js fork up to date. 
So we'll continue to stay in lockstep with Next.js proper. And so any features they add will automatically get those too. But it just changes how we implement the current Blitz functionalities. So it's gonna just be much more stable and nicer. One of the big questions that I have, some people looked at it as a cone of shame when Redwood decided not to take the next route. And others backed up Blitz because other projects were appearing with the same kind of mantra with Next as the base. Do you think other projects that choose to use Next as a base, such as Bedrock and also Bison, these kind of things will also see the same limitations that Blitz is seeing? Or do you think they will totally circumvent them? No, they don't have the, the same problem at all because those are basically boilerplates. And so it's just using regular Next.js and just adding stuff on top. They're not trying to, they're not frameworks. So the issue we have is that we're building a framework. And so we want to customize stuff that's, you know, inside Next.js, customize how the API routes work and stuff where those are just like, they're just fully okay to keep Next.js like it is and then build, build stuff on top. Yeah, that's because they don't have any sort of compile step, right? Right. Does the fork affect, say, performance? Because you said a lot of it is about internals. So does the fork will make the Blitz stuff faster in the long run? Yes, definitely. We take your code, we compile your code into a different folder, and then Next.js takes your code and compiles it, and then we run that. And so anytime you change a file, it gets copied to your .blitz folder. So that's one step, and then Webpack has to detect it, and then actually compile it in your code and then it gets to your browser so yes this is going to make it a lot faster i just can't, i can't wait to get it fully shipped here but yeah my next question is are you going to implement es build into your fog just to smash uh, next into the floor and be like this is what you should have yep here we go we're gonna do it no i'm just kidding that would be hard <laughs> that'd be really hard so we're hoping that they do that or something similar. So I, I just saw, I think it was a tweet this week or last week that they've made hot reloading three times faster. So they're definitely making improvements on that. Hopefully they'll keep working on that. I saw that tweet as well. It was by one of the core team and they were basically rebuilding the Vercel homepage banner in real time. Like almost like it was a, um, what they call it? Like an effect. You know them effects in some websites where it types out and then deletes, then types out. It was literally like that. Yeah, it looked like they were, it was just typing. So I'm not sure if it was powered by VS Code plugin or not, but it was, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, building, changing, it, it would be uh, too big of a thing for us to change the internals. If we wanted to put ES build in it, we would go and do that in the Next.js core, like collaborate with them and, and to do it there. Since we have a fork and we want to keep up to date, we have to be careful about how we change things. Otherwise we're gonna have gobs of merge conflicts. We wanna keep things as close to next as possible and then just surgically inject, you know, certain changes and things where we need. As you just said about surgically injecting things, this is just a more complex version of, but there's a package that literally, when you install it, it will then like edit the node modules. Patch package? Patch package, yeah. It's a more complex version of that. Yeah, that's a, that's a cool tool, but this is, yeah, that just modifies your code in node modules. A fork is is going a step farther and actually publishing a change package to NPM. And you had mentioned that you had considered changing Blitz to be an add-on to Next.js. What would that have entailed? The base assumption was we have to get rid of this custom compiler setup. 
and there's two paths. We could fork Next.js and move the functionality that we need into Next.js, or we can go a different route and make Blitz less of a framework and more like just an add-on to Next.js. The problem, you would lose a lot of things like the coherent uh, nature of Blitz being the framework. So it's just gonna be more like a library. Like people like that it's a framework. People like that it's a batteries included framework. Like it's just a one-stop shop for everything they need versus having to go look at a library for Blitz and then go look at a library for whatever else they're doing. That's more like the old school way. It's just piecing stuff together, right? In fact, we had a bunch of people like real excited about forking next. <laughs> yeah, I was one of them. <laughs> you know, so there's various things that, that next does that's just like, I don't know, not great. And so we want to change some of those. Hopefully some of those we can we can roll back upstream. But obviously Vercella is in charge of Next and they're making decisions that, I mean, they do a pretty good job of making decisions that are good for the community, but they also have their business interest in mind. Another constraint is they don't make breaking changes. So they're, they're pretty much backwards compatible since day one almost. And we're a new framework. And so we can change things now that they can't. That's another reason. So like fundamentally, Blitz and Next, there's a tension, fundamental tension between what they want to be. Next.js and the existing community there, it's focused more on content sites, really fast e-commerce pages, a static incremental generation, all of those sort of things, and like pretty slim, basic. But Blitz, it wants to be a more full-fledged framework like Ruby on Rails or Laravel. Like, so they're, they're not a lot different, but they're enough different that if you try to just keep them all together in the same path, like using the same package, it's just, it frustrates us, it frustrates them, right? And so if you fork, then we can have this space between us, like kind of like this running on parallel tracks. And it's not that far away, but it's enough away that it's just gonna be a better experience in the long term. And it's that thing where, you know, say if you want something adding to Next.js and it only your community desires it, that means you could implement it and Next.js doesn't need to care. The other thing to, to open source projects is you could comment one day saying, hi, I've got this feature release, totally build it out. And then the the team goes, yeah, we're not integrating that. Like that's totally against what we're standing for, no. And that's the end. But if you forked it, and obviously you keep the fork up to date with yourself, then that software lives on and can be used. Right, I think it's also kind of healthy too, like provides a bit of, um sort of like a bit of competition. There's now an outlet for people who want things on Next.js that aren't there they, or they're not willing to change. Now that we can add them in Blitz and they can just use Blitz, even if it's even if they're not using the queries and mutations, but they're just basically using a vanilla Next.js project, they can use Blitz and get the nice features like with zero um, overhead or anything really. Have you renamed the fork to something different or is it just Blitz slash Next? So most of our packages are published under the Blitz.js namespace, so at Blitz.js. So this is published at Blitz.js slash next. I, I might point a petition to rename the fork to next plus plus. <laughs> yeah, you opened this RFC in February, February 23rd. How did the community first react to the RFC? It was quite positive. The vast majority of people were in favor of this. And so that, that's why we did it. And we talked about um, in the RFC, you can see we talked about like going more the add-on route or the fork route. And so there's more discussion around that. It's been good, they're, they're excited for it. Was there any consistent thing that they were concerned about or that they were really saying like, this is 
what we need to consider if we're going to go down this route. The only thing really is just the overhead of maintaining the fork, which right now is mostly on my plate of dealing with it. So it doesn't really affect anyone else too much. So I'm doing everything I can to minimize that. We could, t we could talk about some of those things. Yeah, so we were talking about how if you are going to fork it, then you have to worry about how you're actually like watching for for the changes. Like you can't just like watch the repo and just like every time an email comes in, like, all right, what changed? I gotta change that in mind now. <laughs> like, yeah, how do you, do you have automated ways of, of checking what changes are made? Like, how do you approach that? Git is a super powerful tool and Git has a couple things built into it that you can, allows you to pull nest repos inside of another repo. So Git submodules is one of those things. And then there is, uh, I forget the name of another one, so it allows you to, you know, take another repo, nest it inside your own. But there's a bunch of problems around that and it doesn't work quite like you want. Because like what we want is just one mono repo, right? We want to have the Next.js build inside our mono repo and it all works together just like we are now. We don't want to have a separate repo where we're working on Next.js core and then another repo that's other stuff, you know? So what we're doing is using a tool called git sub repo it does not use Git submodules or the other thing that I can't think of the name of, but it's a, a new way that allows you to take code from a other repo and bring it directly into a different repo, but without, there's no Git shenanigans for end users. So from anyone cloning the repo, it just looks like normal code. It's just normal pull requests and normal everything. But there's just a special file in there called .git repo that has a little bit of metadata in there about where the code came from in the commit data. And that allows you to easily push and pull from that from another repo. So we have a forked repo under the blitz org that is just a straight fork of Next.js. And then we use get sub repo to pull that forked repo into the main blitz mono repo. And then in there is where we run all the tests and everything. And so just today, I merged that PR to Canary that integrates that fork. And so it's all integrated with our CI. It runs all of the Next.js integration tests and it integrates with our, our own blitz into end test and so forth. So it, it's pretty sweet. So what happens is we do the development in the blitz monorepo. And then when we're ready to sync the fork with Next.js, we run the Git subrepo push command that pushes it back to our forked repo. And then we go in our forked repo and merge in the changes from upstream Next.js into there. So, and we'll do that on a tag basis, right? So I will be doing uh, get merge Next.js at 10.1.2 or whatever is the latest version. And that will just merge upstream changes using Git straight into our repo. If there's any merge conflicts, then I'll resolve those. And then we push those back to our mono repo. And there you go. Git subtree is the other one you were thinking of. Yes. Get subrepo is an improvement on both of those. It's pretty cool. I also wanted to talk to you about something else that has happened since you was last on, and that is you have a new website. It's not quite new at this point because it's been out about a month or so, but I was wondering what the internals are on that website. Is it built with Blitz? Is it built just with Next? It's built with Blitz. Oh, interesting. And do you use any of the Blitz features? No. <laughs> It's pretty much just a plain a Next.js site. So the, the base of it, we forked the Tailwind doc site and then just converted it to Blitz, which is super easy. And now it's a Blitz site. You forked the, the base of Tailwind? Huh. Not the Tailwind uh, library, but the Tailwind documentation site. Any reason why you did that? Because they already had a ton of MDX, navigation, menu stuff all set up. It's a lot of code <laughs> to make it work. Right. No, I think that's really interesting that 
you just basically forked someone else's website. It's not technically cheating. It's more you're just copying the boilerplate, but... Open source, man. Do what you want. <laughs> yeah, it's open, of course. We're kind of good at this forking thing, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you are. Yeah, it just is great to build on top of other things that are already there. It's like, why reinvent the wheel, you know? So do you think someone's going to fork Blitz? Well, it is possible, but hopefully they'll talk to me first. And I see no reason to fork Blitz because we're very open to whatever people want. Let's put it in there, you know? Yeah, it's a really interesting cultural difference with that because it gets back to what we're talking about. Like, do you accept contributions at all? And this is where the question of, of forking really comes into play because it's kind of like declaring independence, you know? This is now my domain. I declare this is my zone. I can do whatever I want with this. And it's, it's one of the things that I really like about open source because it allows people to kind of self-select into into where they want to go. So I think it helps alleviate some conflict and some tension there by, by always kind of having that like escape hatch. I just wonder if it kind of like leads to a more fractured also ecosystem if everyone's kind of like jumping off and like doing their own thing, you know? Yeah, I think people, some people, like I've seen, some libraries like people are just like super quick to just fork something and they just change it or they don't even really try that hard to make the changes in the in the original repo i think like that that should be your first step is try to if you can try to make it work together try to make the changes in the in the main thing but there comes a point when you just need to when your like vision your goals are like totally not aligned or something then there just comes a time where you need to do the fork yeah i know you've been involved with speaking with guillermo who is the the leader of Vercel and Next. You guys are trying to work this out for a while before the, the split ends up happening. So I'd be curious to whatever extent you're comfortable sharing, kind of like how that conversation went, what sort of stuff you guys were discussing, you know? I brought it up with him uh, before I even wrote the RFC. So there was some discussion about could we make it to be like an add-on? Because like right now, as it stands today, we couldn't even really be an add-on. They would have to modify things or add features in core in order for us to even do that. And so they were, they were definitely willing to do that and they were wanting to work with us. But ultimately we decided that that wasn't the best approach for Blitz. Hmm, interesting. Do you know how other people kind of like higher up in the next group felt about it? If they were like trying to push more towards like, let's, let's make this work versus people like, oh, I just kind of let them do their own thing. Do you have like a read on like how the rest of the team felt about it? Uh, No, not really. Even though we forget that Next is only part of the pie because Vercel is the thing that makes Next money. And they are pretty good at supporting everything at this point, not just Next.js websites. So one of my last questions regarding Vercel would be, is it still fully supported? Do you think you'll see a point in the future where it's no longer supported? Or will they be better options? We have zero plans to change the compile output of Blitz. So the long-term goal, as far as I can see, is to keep the same compile output format as Next.js itself. And so Next.js and Blitz apps should always be deploy compatible pretty much anywhere. It should be even better because of this custom compiler thing. Sometimes it doesn't work quite right sometimes. But once we get the get rid of that, then it should be even uh, more aligned, like anywhere you can deploy next, like serverless included, then Blitz will work. So I don't see that going. I don't see any changes on that front. Do you like Tailwind? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. 
I especially like Tailwind Jet. Ooh. No, it'd be interesting if you forked that documentation website and was like, I hate Tailwind and took it out. <laughs> yeah, so what is what is Tailwind Jit? Why is it cool? Oh, it's just in time compiler for Tailwind. You no longer start with like a two megabyte file and then you have to use purge CSS to purge it out. Now it's just you start with nothing and it detects what classes you use and then then adds them. It's way faster. You don't have to set up variants at a time and you no longer run into out of memory issues with Next.js and Blitz because of too large of CSS files. Indeed. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but Tom Dale has a, a famous blog post that says um, compilers are the new framework. I haven't seen that. What's really interesting is I like something called twin.micro. And one of the big things about it was you didn't have to import anything. Everything was just built in time with JS and CSS. But the thing is, the JIT, JIT compiler has um, pretty much put a spanner in that one. And now the only thing you would go to something like twin.micro over is like having your tailwind in JS. But what's really interesting is they kind of both use the exact same uh, syntax, so there must have been some communication beforehand. You know, with the um, shorthanding a custom variable in the JIT, i.e. like you do like Z index, then a square bracket five. You could do that in tail, uh, twin.macro for, for a little while. So I wonder if there was a communication there and maybe a fork of someone's code. I don't know that there was, but it was probably some inspiration for sure. Yeah. I can't get over how good your website is also. It's really, really good. You had someone offer that time to design it for you, didn't you? Yep. Christina, she is the one who designed the Blitz logo all the way back very early and then started working on the, the Blitz website design too. She's amazing to work with, did an amazing job and all for free. So I definitely sent her swag. <laughs> is she a developer? No, just designer. She's a web designer. She uh, she does a great for web design. It's such an interesting conversation about how also frameworks and packages get their brand. Redwood went to 99designs. I'm pretty sure that's public info. He said it in the, the one-year meetup. You obviously got help from a graphics designer. Gatsby, I think, open-sourced their logo as well. It was a conversation of which one do you like best back in the day before 2.0, I believe. Uh, you're the Gatsby guy. <laughs> I am. Well, now we're talking about something else, such as uh, swag. You also now have swag. Redwood now has swag, but who has the better swag, would you say? Well, Redwood definitely has the best storefront because it's custom-built Shopify site, or at least it's, it's a custom Shopify site. I don't know how much of the UI is custom, but we're using for Blitz Teespring, which is a on-demand print service. So we, you just sit, upload your designs, pick your products and colors and everything. And then they, they have the site for you and the fulfillment and all of that sort of stuff. So eventually at some point we might get a custom Shopify site too, but. Blitz is in an interesting spot right now because you guys hit, I think beta and you're getting close to, to 1.0. Is that is that the right kind of timeline? Correct. So what did that mean going into beta? What what changed? It means that most of the outstanding issues were fixed. And that was, I think it was February 17th, which was the exact one year anniversary of the first launch announcement. So that was cool. And yeah, so it's like minimal breaking changes from here on out. Most of it's um, there. It's like a good time to start building production 
websites with it, even though there's a bunch of people that already have been doing production sites for a long time. <laughs> yeah, it'll be really interesting to see as these projects start to hit 1.0, like how much of an effect that'll have. Cause it's, it's partly just like people feeling okay, like telling their boss that they're using this thing. Cause it's like, oh, it's, it's 1.0, it's, it's a real thing. And, and like being able to justify picking it as a technology is potentially a big thing. But but like you say, the jump from the 1.0 or whatever, the, the, version, the minor version right behind that is actually going to be very, very minor because these frameworks have put in so much work to get to a stable point by 1.0. Right. It's one of those things where people try it, try Blitz and they're like so productive with it that they're like, it doesn't matter if we have some breaky changes, we have to change it. Like the productivity is still like way better than what we had before. So is there anything else you want to cover? Anything interesting in the next few months that's going to happen? Anything that you know is going to be such a quick win with the fork of Next? Just today, I merged the PR that integrates, uh, that switches Blitz to use our forked build. So it doesn't change anything about the custom compiler. Everything is still exactly the same. All it does is switch to use our own build of Next.js. That is merged. I'll be shipping a Canary version probably today. So the next steps are to start moving functionality from our custom compiler into Next.js core uh, with the intent to get rid of our comp custom compiler. So hopefully that will be, like it's probably gonna take a month or two to complete that. But that should resolve most of the issues that we have right now. And so when that's all done, it's almost like you're kind of, you're not rewriting the the whole framework. You're just like refactoring, re-putting into a new spot. Yep. It's going to be like a whole new fresher paint. It's like that make it work, make it right, make it fast type of thing. So we've made it work. Now we're making it right. That's why I was actually in Redwood's readme. Yeah. Well, thank you for your time today, Brandon. We'll have to get you on again, but there's a lot of people waiting for a second episode. But by then, we shall know if the fork was a doom to fail or a doom or a... <laughs> Succeed to succeed. It was a uh, purpose to succeed or something. Purpose to succeed. Yeah. There we go. It was meant to succeed. So yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me on. Um, we we now have Blitz stickers. So if you go to blitzjs.com forward slash stickers, you can enter your name and, and address, and we will send you three different Blitz stickers free anywhere in the world. So finally catching up to Redwood. Woohoo! <laughs> on that point it's cool we have to grab some of those i um smashed my laptop screen and i'm gonna have to get it replaced by apple so maybe once i get a new screen i'll put the blitz stickers on it first cool cool thanks a lot brandon i wish you the best of luck on this endeavor that you're going down i think that it's seems like you're at least making all the right considerations and you can never know going into these things what's actually gonna happen but i imagine you're gonna learn a lot in this process either way yeah, I've already learned a lot about the internal, the Next.js internals, which is good. Cool. Well, thanks so much, Fran. Have a good one. Thanks. Bye. Trolling Ryan Florence so hard on Twitter. <laughs>